The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hang in we are live in the Magic City Studios in the Barella Palace, right across the river through the Woods of Park. Granny just went to bed, but before she did, she hit the show GOG in New York City, the Big Apple. People dressed in plastic bags, the to travel in some kind of bag and shake it up. I'm a friend to come around, but the flats are party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, this town's a tatter. My brain splattered all over Manhattan. She do be shag out. I think I might have caught something from Keith. Should do bad. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Harbor High this evening. And we're coming off the Warriors. Smackdown of the Nets in Brooklyn. No sleep till. Man, did they light them up, Carver High. I mean, it was ugly. Uh, I don't even know how anyone could, like, stay with the whole game. I mean, yeah. it got so bad. <laughs> I mean, they blew them out so bad. Like, how could you sit and watch it? I'm a sucker for that. I watched the whole thing. But I just couldn't believe how many threes they were pouring in. One seventeen ninety nine is embarrassing. And they shot... 13 of 40 from three. They're cranking 43s in the game. What did you think of that offense? Boy, did they move the ball. Yeah, tremendous job by the Warriors tonight. Uh, They've been great, Uh, let's be honest here. Since the season started, other than the other night in Charlotte when they started this East Coast trip and they lost to the Hornets, Warriors have been outstanding. You know things are going good for the Warriors, Scotty, when Steph's hitting those ones from, like, the logo at midcourt, when Steph's just chucking them up from everywhere and they're all going in. Um it's it's just it's all working for them. Tremendous job tonight in Brooklyn. Did you see him like at the end of um yeah. like, quarter or whatever? And he he just yeah. he was like at half court and he just threw it over his head like just for fun and it went in uh, from half he did court. The, had the big shimmy going too tonight. Had the big yeah. Uh, <laughs> they let him know who's boss in the NBA. I mean, yep. right now you have to argue they're the best team in the league, even. You know, the Bucks have been terrible. They're, they lose yes, they all the have. time. They just are hung over, whatever you want to call it. Malays, not into it, not digging it. I don't know. And then well, they lost without Giannis the other night. Then he came back. It was only a one-day thing. But they're not playing well. The Warriors are. The Bulls are. Those are facts. No doubt. I mean, the Bucks are 6-8 and eight here to start the season. A uh, little bit of a hangover after winning the title. Warriors are 12 and 2, best record in the NBA. Everybody, the next closest team has 10. They got two wins more than everybody else. They've been outstanding so far. Uh, you're right. Bulls have been good. The Wizards have been surprisingly good, as we talked yeah. about on Coast to Coast today. Brooklyn, of course, has 10 wins, but 
Right now, the Warriors, without question, the best team in the first uh, four weeks of the NBA. Three at 37, nine threes. Nine of 14 from three. That's solid. Seven rebounds five times. That's unbelievable. We welcome our radio affiliate series, XM Channel 159, Mightier 1090 in San Diego. Near to you, Wamna, Wamna. Sports map, sports byline, what's happening in Houston and San Francisco City, bada bang, yang, in the way, yang. It's Pharrell on a bench on a Tuesday night. So we got Rick Harrell coming up later. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with him. So anyway, Curry, 37. Uh, Wiggins had 19. Poole, 17. Green, 11, 6, and 8. Solid. And I mean, uh, you look at the Nets. I mean, Nash poured out the entire team. Every single guy played. There was no one left standing. I mean, when they were getting no. blown out, it was all over but the shouting. <laughs> Figure might as well get everybody some burn. Not going to win this game. Might as well get everybody in there. Yeah, let's throw the game so uh, we can get some of these uh, young guys, the young fellas out there, some burn. That's all right. I think they got a back-to-back, too. Aren't the Nets playing tomorrow night also? Got a little back-to-back? Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, right? Nets, Nets-Cleveland tomorrow night? In Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. They'll probably win that game. My guess is well, they'll bounce back and win that game. I got to tell you, though, they talk too much like tonight about Joe Harris. Yeah. Look, I know Joe Harris can shoot threes. I'm not denying that. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, the guy can definitely shoot. But in the playoffs, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. That's all I know. He missed every shot he took. And once it got in his head that he couldn't hit, he just started missing even more. But they acted like, um, I mean, like they'd lost the war before the battle even started. Like, all I heard about was, you know, Joe Harris isn't in the lineup. It's a concern. You know what? I don't think that had anything to do with tonight. What is Joe Harris going to do to the Warriors besides nothing? I mean, seriously. Now we've got Philly and Utah out in Salt Lake Shakers. Your boy Drummond still playing for JoJo Embiid. We'll keep our eyes on the NBA, NHL, college rack all tonight on a bench. All right, Pharrell on the bench. So I went to um, the Steelers-Lions tie, which is just unheard of. Like, who goes to an NFL game and sees a tie game? I mean, does that like, what is that like a once every hundred years? I mean, what what is the deal, Carver? When is the last time? I, I'm sure there's been a tie here or there, but there's rarely ties. And then, you know, when they go to overtime, somebody scores. They got 10 minutes to get it on. And, I mean, these two putzes uh, messed around and tied the game. It was unbelievable. But that's not really the story. Uh, The story was um, the weather, and uh, it was just raining, sleet, freezing rain. It was just the worst. I was soaked. My entire body, my underwear, my pants, 
my feet weren't wet. I had, you know, kick-ass boots on. And then I had a like an outdoor ski Columbia jacket, right? So I was dry inside, but I got wet anyway. Like I wasn't, I wasn't cold or anything like that, but I was wet. I mean, I got back to the hotel and I literally took off my clothes and everything on my person was completely soaked. A hoodie, a penguin's hoodie, another thin basketball hoodie underneath that, a t-shirt underneath that. I mean, the t-shirt was ruined. It was like I jumped in a lake and I got to tell you, getting in and out of that Heinz uh, field is just an absolute nightmare. I mean, if there was a fire, everybody would be dead. I mean, it is the longest yard getting out of there. And it's the weirdest thing. Getting in and out is, is a nightmare. So I show up about, you know, 60, 75 minutes before the game. And I walk into my seats and it's, uh, you know, first down uh, Detroit. And I'm sitting there going, what is happening here? I just stood in line for 75 minutes to get into a stadium. Like it was like, it was the worst experience ever. I'm like, how do they not have like a clear or, you know, a TSA line, like something where smart people could avoid the nightmare. I mean, it was the worst. I don't care what they think of me either. I say what I say. It's simple. They know it. They know it. They just don't want to talk about it. It's the ugly elephant in the room when, you know, nobody can get into the stadium because everyone goes at the same time. They crush the stadium, 70,000 people. And it is a nightmare. And I mean, they check every person. They You know, they got, electric radar gun the whole deal you're going through it's like going to the airport but when you go through the security then you do uh you do cashless you know you, everything there's cashless and then and you have like tickets in a wallet like you know like apple yeah whatever. yeah so everything's done with barcodes and credit cards and it's just it's it's i mean I, it it's a pain it's too big ass. it's a commitment it, it, going to an nfl game on a sunday now is such a large commitment. Like you said, it takes forever to get into the place. When you're sitting there, you you really realize how long the breaks are for replays and commercials and for Ugh. just everything else that they do. Um, it's tough. And in today's day and age where we have so much technology at home watching the game in the comfort of our of our homes, with even with just one TV or multiple screens like us, so we got a lot of things going on, it's so much easier to enjoy the game at home, I mean, I got offered. I was supposed to go to the Bill Jet game at MetLife on Sunday. I told you last week. I bailed out on it. My buddy went out. I didn't want to drive there, so I turned it down and I said, "Forget it. I'm not going." I got offered then on Saturday night, the night before the game, four sweet tickets from a buddy of mine. He's like, "Bring the whole family. Take your wife, your two kids. Bring them to the Jet Bill game tomorrow. Sweet food in the suite, all on the arm, the whole thing." I still turned it down. I was like, I, I just can't do it. This is too long of a day. I can't drag two kids Ugh. out to the Meadowlands. Uh, they you know, won't it's last. Just, oh, it's just torture. It, it's just they it would have been last torture. Five minutes. Yeah. Here's the deal. Misery. So the TV timeouts and the, you know, the stockpiling of thirty second timeouts and injury timeouts and when the doctors come out or water timeouts, they have all these timeouts. And I mean, they all take like five to eight minutes. I mean, it is just, you just sit there in your seat and you're like looking at the field and they're all standing around holding their D's. I mean, it is bad. And uh, it is what it is. I will say this, that when you're there, the, you see the game in a different light for sure than on TV. TV's angles. So they got the, they got the stick 
a drone camera that flies around on a wire at the game, right? And then they got overhead camera up in the press box, right? That's the one that shoots down on the field. And then you got like a field level camera for, you know, touchdowns on both ends. They have like a camera guy working down there. So you see everything that they want you to see. So they choose your angles and you don't. You're just sitting there watching the game thinking, wow, this is great. But when you're at the game, you see how great a play is. I mean, the reality of it. Not just the guy dropping back and throwing the pass. When you're at the game, you see everything. Guys trying to kill him in the pocket, danger everywhere, refs everywhere, fans everywhere going crazy. It's a, a completely different experience being there, uh, being at a game as opposed to watching on television. Remember what I said, TV's angles. And being there is what it's all about. I mean, you see everything. Uh, you see a guy uh, like R- Rudolph like running for a first down. It's, it's third and 15. The guy takes off running. The crowd noise will dictate whether that guy gets to that pylon or not. You can hear the, yeah. the buildup is like, I mean, it is like foreplay. I mean, they're like, they go crazy. And I'm just sitting there going, this place is crazy. But I told you the story, right? This, this guy, this dude was just uh, harassing me and um, yeah. trying to play the, you know, imitate Pharrell card. That couldn't have been fun. I mean, the entire game, it just wouldn't end. This guy from Detroit, like, dude, you're such a loser, bro. How are you like a grown man doing that? Like, you just have this giant picture of a D on your forehead that you have to wear around for like a month. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you are the biggest D ever. Like, how can you sit there? And I actually have never had anyone ever do that before in, in my you know, 35 years plus of doing uh, radio and TV. I've never had anyone actually sit for four and a half hours and uh, scream <laughs> in my voice. Well, the game Acting wasn't like that great. The guy, needed, the guy needed something else to do. <laughs> he acted like he was me. And then I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there with my buddy and I can hear him talking. Right. So I'm here. I got season tickets. Boom, boom. And then next to me is the same people, right? Usually when I go, I see these same people. Right. And they've all, you know, mastered that. Uh, and I don't care if you listen right now either. So just so you know. All right. So you can go tell your little friends that he was talking about us. Here's the deal. I don't ever say anything to any of you. And that doesn't make me a D. I just want to avoid any kind of, like, I don't need problems. I just watch the Steelers. I love the Steelers my whole life. My family had season tickets my whole life. I got two. It is what it is. I fly in. I spend a lot of money, thousands of dollars every time I go. The last, I mean, flights, hotels, Ubers, dinners, breakfast. Every time I go with someone, they all want to eat breakfast and lunch. Like, who does that? Like, I don't eat breakfast and lunch like an old lady. I'm going to have a BLT at lunch in a, in a couple hours after I finish off this bowl of Honey nut Cheerios and a and a little sourdough bread for breakfast. You know who does that? By the time I get home, every time it's like two grand, three grand, and it's just like expensive. The last thing I need when I go is to uh, have problems with people or have you know people that don't like me or whatever else. You're drunk and you do something stupid. Like you know, it is what it is. But like 
I'm a cool dude. I'm nice to everybody. But if you want to sit there and, you know, be a D and imitate me and mock me and do all this other stuff, listen, bro, uh, have at it. Because I ignored you the entire day. Tell you what, you'll find out how nasty I am. You will find out, bro. Rick Carlos with us, our sports business and legal insider. So, uh, I guess uh, I don't want to uh, take up Rick's time with my stories, Carver High. So I'll tell them later. How's that for a plan? Okay. Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll I'll tell them later because they're they're too good to they're too good to pass up. Like the the guy screaming in my voice for four and a half hours, being me, like. Honestly, I hope your larynx falls out of your face onto the sidewalk and runs away so the lymphoma doesn't catch it. This guy was so painful. Like, dude, uh, we sat there, my buddy and I going, how much of a loser do you have to be? I mean, honestly. And then to have a guy like me sit there and ignore you for four and a half hours and not say a word, not even look at you. Not even acknowledge it as you just kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder, pretending like you were me. I mean, dude, you just absolutely have to wear a gigantic picture of a male organ on your forehead for a month. That's what the judge has ordered in the uh, appellate court. You, you're a D, and you're going to wear one on your forehead. Who does it? Like, you got to be like a child. But, you know, I remember I used to imitate Howard Cosell running around the house. I never went to an NFL game and pretended like I was Howard Cosell for four and a half hours. I can tell you that much. It must have really drove you nuts that I never acknowledged you or looked at you. And uh, trust me, tough guy. You're all a bunch of drunks. You think you're tough. Uh, Trust me, I'm dirty, nasty, and I'm evil. And anyone that knows me knows it's true. So trust whatever you want. Be careful what you wish for. Mr. Harrow, Har- uh, so I go, I go to uh, the you know, football games. I get abused by drunks, and uh, I just wasn't having any of it. Now, you would have been proud of me. I never said a word. I just sat there and watched the game, and I just kept cheering for the Steelers and having a good time with my buddy. And um, being a season ticket holder, just like I go to Dolphin games with you, I just try to have fun, and I don't get involved with loser, drunk, idiots. That think they're funny. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse. Just so you know, here's, here's the end all. There's nothing worse than a drunk at a sporting event. There's nothing. There is nothing worse on the face of the earth than uh, maybe, maybe one other thing. It's when airlines give booze to people for five hours. And then they wonder why they punch them. Uh, so United Airlines said they're going to bring back their hard liquor service this week. Nice decision making. That's just a yeah, well, idea. Hey, Here, so, let's get everyone yeah. drunk and see if anyone starts up with us. People that drink for hours at a time, and I drank for 30 years. Trust me, when you drink for five hours, you become belligerent no matter who you are. Women start talking sloppy and fast. Men start talking tough. Everybody's a 
badass when they got a buzz on, right? So I'm sitting there the whole day getting abused by these people, and I didn't even say one word. I didn't even acknowledge them, which is the worst kind of torture. Worst kind of torture. And I'll go back for more, and I still won't know you. And if any of you come near me, you'll find out who I am. Is this is this a full story you were telling? Because you said you were going to wait and tell it after, but that's the worst the kind of story. story. The, the other story is even better. The other well, story is well, you so got to tell it, man. So you, you took the first. You got you got to tell it. I, I've never heard you stay quiet, but I can understand why you would want to do that, and and I can understand why that drove somebody nuts. I'm just glad you didn't punch him. Well, listen, you know as well as I do. You have to admit, you've known me for 25 years. I don't go around acting like I'm somebody special anywhere. With no, you. of course not. No, you don't. I'm like, surprised that he did. The, did the guy? Dude, I'm very nice rec- to people, and I'm normal. I'm just a. Did he recognize you? Is that is that the problem? Did the guy recognize you? Well, of course he recognized me. Yeah. I just told the story. He imitated me for four and a half hours. Oh, oh he imitated he you. That's he was, why he thought he was cute, and the guy uh, next to him loved it because they were drunk. And then I'm just sitting yeah. there, and I'm twice the size of all of them. Right. I mean, I'm six four, two twenty, man. I mean business. So uh, you didn't think whatever, you know. All these tough guys I play basketball with, twenty years old, thirty years old. I, I had the best thing ever happen to me in a game a couple weeks ago. This little black dude guard, a hundred mile an hour. It was like Isaiah Thomas, this guy. And uh, so he, they tried to put him on me. I had a foot on this guy. And then I mean, at the end of the game, this guy walked up to me and he goes, "Man, you are one strong mother Pharrell." He goes, you are, I mean, how old are you? I'm like 56. He goes, damn, Grandpa, you're strong. You know what I am? I'm big, I'm strong, and I'm dirty. I'm Bill Lane Beer. So have at it. Get to know me. Whatever you need, I'll give it to you. So anyway, the other story. Second story. Second story. He's he's convinced me, Carver High, to tell the story. So I'm going to break tradition. Yeah, you got it. Got to tell it. So I go to this restaurant on the north side, and everybody tells me, go there. Greatest food ever. They they got Kobe beef. They let you cook it on the stone. Everything's cooked on stones at this place. I said, so my buddy's just driving me nuts. He's like, we got to go to the place with the stones. I'm like, we got to go to see the Rolling Stones. I don't need to go eat Kobe beef at some stone grill. He's like, come on, man. We got to go. I'm like, all right. So I sit in the rain for five hours, freezing rain. I'm soaking wet. I'm miserable. I go back to the hotel, shower, put on a blazer and a, and a nice shirt. We got reservations. Walk into this place. I walk in. I'm like, this is a dive bar. What is going on here? This is not some nice restaurant. This is like a two-star place. And uh, I said, whatever. Let's just do it. Let's just eat the steaks and go. So we're sitting there and minding our own business. And I, I'm the only guy in there with a blazer on, right? I walk in with a blazer on. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Because the place was filled with Steeler fans. And uh, everybody was hammered. And I come walking in all, you know, clean, like I'm going to a, you know, business dinner or something. And uh, I sit down and mind my own business. I get a filet mignon on the stone, Kobe beef, and uh, fries and like a ginger ale. I'm watching the Penguin game. And I'm just sitting there, minding my own business. And my buddy's sitting there, and we're watching the game. And I'm watching this guy, and he's hammered. Now, listen, if he's listening right now, it's not a reflection on (laughs) anything. I'm just telling you, this is what I saw. And I'm as sober as the day is blue. And I'm I'm watching you, 
dancing with some chick, and then this chick starts buying us shots. Now, I don't drink, and I drank for 30 years, but I don't drink, so it's very unfortunate, too. But I don't, you know, do shots anymore, okay? I used to be a champion, but I don't anymore. So when they bring me over four shots of whiskey, I was like, all right, listen, I'm good. Thanks, though. Thanks, honey. I know. I know I'm good looking. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. Good luck. Thanks so much. And then I made my buddy drink them. I'm like, okay, tough guy. You wanted to come here so bad. You're going to drink the whiskey. So I convinced him he drank the whiskey. So we're sitting there. Next thing you know, this guy comes dancing over to us. And he's like dancing at me. I'm like, okay, bro. Okay. He goes, where are you from, man? I said, I'm from New York City. He goes, what's New York City? I go, whatever you want it to be. And then he said, uh, I used to live in New York City. I said, is that right? Where'd you live? He told me some place I'd never heard of. And uh, I know everything in New York City, okay? So he starts telling me about living there, and I'm sitting there going, is this happening to me? I go, I got some guy telling me his life story in the, in the Kobe beef stone cooking bar in Pittsburgh. I'm sitting there, and, and the bartender's looking at me. He knows. Like, I'm just like sitting there like, is this happening? So next thing you know, um, the guy starts, uh, he starts like getting closer and closer to me. And he goes, he's like right up in my face. And I, I'm sitting there eating filet mignon on a stone. I'm like, bro, you know, honestly, give me, give me just a little space here. <laughs> You're like spitting on me, your beer. He's like, ah, I'm like, well, bro, chill. So I get up and go to the bathroom and that's my buddy's cue. He knew that it was over. I was not going to sit there again. I was not gonna, this guy's already drooled on my dinner. Uh, and, and then when I come back from the bathroom, the guy's sitting in my seat. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I, go bar, I go bartender. I go bartender, give me the uh, check, okay? I'll pay, the, I'll pay the bill. So then the guy says to me, he goes, uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm like in your seat. I, I'm so sorry. I'm like, am I invading your space or something, man? I go, no, man, I'm cool. It's, it's all good. I got places to be, so I'm just going to pay the bill and roll. But it, it's been nice talking to you. And he goes, you know, you sound a lot like Scott Farrell. And I go, well, that's because I am. And I go, and your hand's on fire. He was literally had his hand on the cooking stone. And the guy, like, looked, he looked down, and his hand was on fire. And I'm like, hey, listen, dude, um, I'm Scott Farrell, and your hand's on fire. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the guy's like, he's like, uh, starts talking to me about, uh, he starts talking to me about all these Howard Stern employees that I worked with, you know, 12 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know him. Uh-uh. I worked there. So, yeah, I know him. Yeah, great guy. Uh, one by one, he went through a, a list of all of his favorite people. I, I'm looking at my buddy. I'm like, have you not picked up yet that I want to leave, you stupid ass? I mean, honestly, like, I can't even go out to dinner. I get attacked at the football game for four and a half hours. I go take a shower. I go to dinner. The one place I go to dinner, I got some drunk guy trying to have sex with me in my seat at my table as he's drooling on my dinner. You know what I said to him? I go, hey, there's still two pieces of Kobe beef left. You want to take them home to your dog? You effing moron. Listen, I don't care what you think of me. I'm a badass. I'm cool. I was even nice to you for no apparent reason. It's for all on a bench.
right, so, uh, you know, moral of the story, I'm cool to everyone. I'm, I genuinely am cool to everyone. Carver High knows it's true. Haro knows it's true. I'm nice to everyone. Like, I'm really nice to people. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad, like, you know, Uber drivers recognize me and stuff like that in Pittsburgh. I'm like, guy was freaking out that he met me. And I was like, dude, I'm just a normal dude. Uh, you know, so it's no problem. You want to take a picture? No problem. Let's go. And then, uh, you know, everyone I meet, I'm nice to. Even the drunk guys falling all over me. I'm like, yeah, you're not bothering me, bro. But I am going to leave. <laughs> Uh, I know how to deal with you. And then the other one, uh, I'm too smart to play the game with the guy imitating me for four and a half hours. It's not happening. So, I mean, what a day. I had to deal with that uh, five hours of freezing rain sleet. And then that those two problems. I'm like, this can't be happening. Even when I walked into this place with a blazer and a nice shirt on, everybody else was wearing nothing. They were, they were homeless in this place. I'm like, what is happening to me today? You, for, you I, forgot I the worst... You forgot maybe the worst game in the history of football. How about the game itself? You know, it really was. But think about this. All the other games were worse because they were all blowouts. So was yeah, it true. really the worst game or was it the best game? Because it was overtime and it was intense and it was violent and there were turnovers and there were bad calls. And it was actually, um, I don't know, a little frustrating. The game was a little frustrating, but neither team could figure out a way to win. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, best, best game because of the weather, too. I mean, the circumstances were incredible. I, I don't know. Did it let up at all, or was it just wall-to-wall? No. -wall? no. No. It got worse. It got worse. So when we walked into the stadium, which takes an hour and ten minutes to get in right. to the gate, yeah. like, it's like mm -hmm. being in – it's literally the worst nightmare ever trying to get in there and get out of there. It's it's like – it literally is a nightmare. So uh, – I highly recommend going two hours before the game because at 90 minutes or an hour, you're you're screwed. I mean, at an hour, yeah. under an hour, you're screwed. You're getting in there in the middle of the first. So it really is uh, stressful. But it poured and rained and then freezing rain. Then it sleeted. Then it snowed. And then it started freezing rain again. And then I went to some train. And I was literally like a sardine on this train. Thank God I only went like five stops into the city. Uh, I would have snapped if I had to go another five minutes. I would have snapped. All right, Rick. Um, I want to pick it up where we left off today. Uh, Disney looking toward the future with an eye on opening the door to sports betting. What is Disney going to do? Aren't they already doing it with ESPN? They got all kinds of gambling talk on. They're doing it, yeah. Hey, they're doing it with ESPN, but they're also going to bring it to the parks. And what they're trying to do is to establish another kind of relationship. Remember, they were talking to Caesars, DraftKings, and others to sell the license to their entire gaming operation for $3 bucks. That's what they were trolling for. That was their price. Well, that hadn't happened yet, but it might, and they also might decide to just sell it to everybody and try to figure out how to do that. The ESPN Plus deal, the streaming, the subscriber base, 66% growth to about $17 million in Disney's fourth quarter. So they're on to something, and gaming, gambling will only help. What about fixed odds horse racing uh, details being sorted out in Colorado? Listen, I just have to say this because, you know, I have to tell it like it is. There is nothing. I, they may be, uh, I mean, the degenerates at the, at the horse betting track and at the, uh, 
at the sports book at the you know casino for the horse betting. Listen, I, I've been going around to horse betting for you know thirty years or whatever, and I mean it is this. It's Groundhog's Day. It is literally when you go there, you go there one year, and then thirty years later, you go back and the same two hundred people are sitting there. Maybe five of them have died, but I mean that is the most degenerate scene. I've ever been around I, the OTBs. They said were bad in New York and everybody was toothless and homeless hanging out in the OTB. I'm like, well, that's what they do now at the, at the horse betting uh, locations, which are at the track. Uh, so at the track, it's, Oh, what a nightmare. What is the nightmare in Colorado? Well, they're trying to figure out how to govern it. And, and you're absolutely right with that kind of stuff. The people that are governing the sports books, the division of gaming, trying to take it over. They're trying to figure out how to imply to comply with certain kind of standards. And, uh, you know, everybody's trying to change the branding. Uh, our buddy uh, Pat Rooney and the, and the uh, you know, Steelers family, well, down here he owns Palm Beach Kennel Club, and that place has, has needed some branding changes. They've, they've closed it's the dog dump. track. It's a dump. It's a dump. Well, but not anymore because they closed it down. They've decided to put together a kind of a business area, but they're having new gaming. And they're one of the the uh, facilities that's going to have uh, uh, the uh, mobile gaming with the Seminoles, and they're uh, changing the entire deal. Put fifty grand into a conference center. Good for them. It's a lot different than it, it has been, and and you know what those places look like. You are absolutely right, but not anymore in Palm Beach. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there fifteen yeah. times. So here's the deal: the Rooney's on that because right. they understand a good deal when they see it. They've been doing it to players for years. They're they're juicy one-sided deals. And you've seen all these players leave there and they're like I'm not getting paid, I'm out of here. So it's simple. Uh they know how to uh make money and they know that that's a money maker in Florida and it doesn't matter how bad it smells in there. It doesn't matter who's going there every day to uh, bet a dollar a race. I mean, at 50 cents a race, it's so embarrassing. Here's the deal. Uh, the Roonies, are, they're going to make money off of the fact that they'll have sports betting in there. They'll have slots in there. And uh, they'll have everything that the Indians love. They love that. The Mikasuki and the Seminole. You know, it's so funny. I live down there. You know that. It's simple. They're not fooling me. I mean, these people are fantastic because they love making money like no one else. I mean, the Mikasuki and the Seminole, they're like an ATM machine. Okay? So, uh Boy, are they licking their chops over sports betting. I mean, because they got all the rest of the money anyway, Rick. I mean, they got every – Yeah, and, and, in the state. and the difference is over the last 40 years, over the last 40 years, everybody's been talking about it. How do you get it in Florida? Well, these guys, this group has the rights. So the governor got together and kind of strong-armed and said, you're going to extend it and you're going to do deals with at least five uh, Tampa Downs, Ocala, Orlando, uh, Gulfstream, Palm Beach – and they're going to do a 60-40 split, uh, and they're going to bring gambling after 40 years to these venues. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money, but so will a lot of other people. Paige Beckers at UConn in her second year has already uh, struck oil. Uh, she got a sneaker reseller stock X deal. I mean, who needs NIL when you got a, a big old cash flow coming in from one of your sponsors? Well, and that's what the NIL deal is with her, uh, UConn, and uh, frankly, uh, StockX partnered with the NBA G League Ignite to auction the team's uniforms in March. But this is a deal for her, the first NIL endorsement for her, 
who won the John Warden Award as a freshman last season. And so what does she do the next day after Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavaliers, uh, has this business for a billion eight worth of items in 2020, and the business is worth about $3.8 billion, and they welcome her into the group? She scores 34 against Arkansas. Good for her. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that she bought out all the Kobe editions and is selling them at over $1,500 per pair over their normal price. Like everyone else. Probably like everybody else. Kobe shoes, Kobe Bryant uh, basketball shoes are literally like um, Bitcoin. That's what they've become. Like you can't even get them. And so they've they've gone out of the stratosphere in terms of their cost. $1,500 a pair. I mean, I got every pair of Kobe's I ever had was like 200 bucks. Now they're 1500. Uh, viewership of NBA on ESPN is exploding. What a revelation! Exploding sports TV ratings now that everybody's back to normal as long as they got their shots. Well, isn't that amazing? And it's not obviously, as we said, not just basketball. We've talked about the Manning cast and Monday Night Football. We we're talking about the NHL, but this one is important not just because the ratings are up 20 percent. But the 18 to 49 demographic, which is what everybody is uh, prizes because that, those are the buyers, up 28 percent. Women up 26 percent. The big deals, the Bucks Heat game uh, three weeks ago, two, two weeks ago, 1.43 million. So they're watching the big games. They're watching everything. So the Manning cast is just gaining millions of viewers. Uh, it's a huge hit, but I think a huge problem for them. Because how can you have a show that is crushing your main broadcast of the game? It's, it's literally, I mean, humiliating them. That's, that's what they're doing. They're humiliating the, the, the broadcast. If I were doing that game, Steve Levy, Greasy, and, and, the, and the guy uh, from Pitt, uh, the GM, I can't think of his name right now, uh, 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 Riddick is his name. Riddick. Uh, Louis, if I were Louis those Riddick. three guys, I'd be like, what are you doing here? What, what are you doing to us? You got an alternate broadcast on screwing us? I mean, that's bottom line what they're doing. And Manning Cast is, is way more popular, you have to admit, Rick, than the main broadcast. Well, yeah, except, uh, you know, the, the, the difference is the power of, of ESPN parent versus the alternate. It's uh, about 16 million versus one and a half million. But you're absolutely right. If you want to watch the game and you want to follow it, you got to really watch the main telecast because the Mannings bring on Mickelson, they bring on Barkley, you know, all the guys to talk stuff, and they refer to the game kind of only as an afterthought. Nothing wrong with that, kind of a cool idea. And your point is a good point, but ESPN sees it as a package. They don't really, I guess, care who watches which part as long as everybody watches both of them. I guarantee you that they have had a meeting in a, in a conference room with all the powers that be, and somebody said in that meeting, that show's better than the other one. Why are we paying those guys all that money? <laughs> I guarantee it. It happens every day in this business, and, and it is on like Donkey Kong, and you know it. All right. Uh, I want to go to uh, the five and five now and stay focused. PGA Tour and WWE take on uh, an advising role with Comcast, NBC, Universal Sports Tech, Accelerator. I have no idea what that means, but I'll say this much. Let me tell you what it means. It's a hockey it's- does anyone watch yeah. NBC anymore? Well, no, but let me well. Uh, Olympics, that's coming up. Well, Super Bowl. I mean, the network, but I mean, and, I mean the sports no. channel. No, no. But, but let, me, let me tell you what's happening with this, which is important. The network itself is saying, let's do consulting deals where we can approve the products uh, with NASCAR, snowboarding, swimming, cycling, PGA Tour, WWE. And what they're trying to do is to 
uh, put early stage startups together to develop programs in those sports to get analytics done, to get new stars born. So it's almost like they're doing more stuff outside of broadcast television than inside of it. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Collectibles Exchange Alt raises $75 million from Tom Brady, Candace Parker, and Giannis. Uh, sounds like everybody wants to be a part of that. Everybody wants NFTs. Everybody wants collectibles. And the bottom line is this is a big money raise. So Vibe Capital, Briar Capital, Shrug Capital, Apollo Group. A lot of the big investment companies are investing in stuff just for collectibles, but it's the right people. It's the Brady's, you know, with the Brady uh, new show now. He is, he's the most popular guy on the planet now, man, I'm telling you. Uh, he really is. He started a new show today as well on ESPN+. Plus. He's all over the place. Uh, I'm trying to avoid that show at all costs. I have enough problems in my life. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Uh, I'll see. Real quick, uh, the Kings and Winmark launched first-of-its-kind partnership uh, benefiting youth sports. Yeah, uh, not a that's time, a big right? deal. Yeah, a big deal. Told me, uh, Carver High put a gun to my head. I'm so sorry. Uh, great oh, man. this week, though, on TV and radio. I love you. All right, man. I love you, too. Talk to you next week. All right, Rick Harrell, our sports business and legal insider on a bench. So anyway, um... We're on a bench. I, whenever I'm anywhere, I, I'm cool to people, and I'm even nice to the drunk guy spitting on my dinner. Um, I'd even be nice to the drunk guy screaming, uh, imitating me for four and a half hours. Most people that I meet, I'm cool to. I met this guy, um, and, and he took us to this restaurant, and um, this famous place that everybody goes to to eat pancakes. Believe me, you are no Dupars, okay? Swinging a mess. Got some dude. I go to this famous place, and the guy says to me, he goes, uh, I said, I, I don't want all those blueberries on my pancakes. And he goes, So you just want like a lame pancake? And I go, Yeah, I guess I'll take the lame pancake. So halfway through the breakfast, the guy comes up to me and goes, uh, How's your lame breakfast? And I'm like, What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude, leave me alone. So anyway, uh, I'm driving to this restaurant with the guy, and he says, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, you sound a lot like that Pharrell guy. And I was like, yeah, um, strange, because I am. So um, anyway, and then the guy said, uh, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. I said, oh, I, I love Youngstown, Ohio. I said, I did a show once there, and like 3,000 people showed up to, to this bar. He goes, Jolly Joe's. I'm like, yes. The guy had it down. He had it all down. And uh, that was really cool. So, you know, it depends on, I guess, uh, which side of the car you get out of. Because I was cool as hell to him. Uh, the other dude, I was cool to the drunk. And then the third guy, I didn't say one word to. Because I didn't think that was going to go well. Um, I'm too smart for all that. SMRT. Anyway, uh, Utah kicking Philly's ass 59, make it 60 to 43. With a minute left and a half, we got a lot to do. There's a lot of college hoops, NBA, everything. We'll get to it on a bench.